Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Relo Podcast. My name is Connor McCann and joining me as always are Lee Maxwell and Nigel Lamont. So we've got another great episode for you guys, as always I might add. Our last episode was our Halloween special. Lee talked us through some Halloween car related films. Did I? I don't really remember. No, you didn't because you were <laughs> quite drunk. Just on a follow-up to that, we talked to we kind of get off on a tangent about the Northern Ireland road safety adverts. It turns out it gave a few people nightmares. We'll not name the people that messaged us, but we had a few. Um, and Derek Cheshire at Oak Green with Envy had messaged to say this morning there that the Australians have them too. Did you see it? No, I seen his mate was in one of the ads. Yes, I seen that too. There's, there's, I don't think the Australians have got it quite as graphic as ourselves, but uh, they're getting there. So it's, it's only when you watch them and you go, "What the hell?" It's a bit of dark humor. I like it. It's like yeah. the Northern Ireland way. It's just like a follow-on from the terrorism ads. Oh yeah, yeah. What can we do? Terrorism's gone. Have yeah, to keep terrorizing with road fatalities. <laughs> Terrorize people's dreams. Yeah. So uh, yes, on this episode we have a topic I'll be doing later on and keep that to ourselves. And although two weeks ago was the scary episode, we have some scary news as well. But before we get into that, Nigel, what's new with you? So edition thirty. Just getting, just working through a snag list of wee things that need sorted on it. So uh, I think I said in the last episode, we've got the time belt and service stuff done. That's right, yeah. I've given it a bit of a clean, but I, I want to bring it into the garage hopefully in the next week or two and go around and actually detail it. And then there's a few things that were here and there, and I've, I'm slowly getting through the list of things to do. I think that's the norm with any new car you get. There's always something. There's something. things you like, things you don't like. This is a completely standard car, but there's a few wee things that... The previous owners just went, I'm selling it, I'll not bother fixing it, so Aye. just rectifying it sort Aye. of thing. I hate that kind of thing. Enjoying the lazy DSG. Not that I get to drive it that often because it's my wife's car now, but... Uh, it's been commandeered. Yeah, nice to jump into and just bob, 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 bob. I was going to say, what do you think of the DSG now you've actually driven it? Um, I'm still not convinced on it. I hate the way it holds revs. Right. You know, would a map change the likes of that? Does that change well, the characteristics of it? Maybe will in a few weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I think that's what interests me a lot about them is that you can, in fact you can map the box as well for how fast it reacts on the clamping force yeah. as well. So I don't know if there's any side effects to that. But well, the plan is to get a map on it here in the next few weeks, and it's a mixed bag online whether you should map a DSG. Like all I intend to do is just a map, and that's it on that car, mm-hmm. and they're. Mixed reviews and whether you need to do DSG to, you know, increase the clamping force. Otherwise, you risk damage in the gearbox. A lot of people say it's not worth it, but I'm in the firm belief you may as well do it when you're there and okay, yeah, preventative rather than. When considering how easy it is, you know, when you get past yeah. the fact you have to pay for it, you know, it's a simple thing. Yeah, you're not having to pull a box out to do anything. Correct. So, um, also, I think I've mentioned before the sort of cumber. Classic car club I'm in. Yes, were you guys out to the scene? Yeah, we had another run there. Um, it was the day after the Eurocar parts, car and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we had probably about 20 cars and there was a great variety of cars. There was a slick GT4 there, which I haven't seen in a long time. It's your bagley. That's my, my Three, Japanese friends. Mark Three asked GSA. Oh, yeah. Who was that? Uh, Stevie Mack, I play football with. He has just imported it two weeks ago in, Very nice. from England. Full original car, full stamped history. You say sorry, Mark Three Astro GSI, isn't it? Mark, aye, yeah, Mark Two's. Aye, Mark One's the original. Mark Mark Two squarish one. Then you had the two was the slopey one. The ones three, that rotted everywhere. Three's the uh, early nineties, ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, that was them. Yeah, they're lovely them. Um, great variety. Andy brought us out of eighty. There was there was old Austins. There was old uh, Minis. Uh, there's a Ford Zephyr there. 
Right. Fuck, I haven't seen this effort yeah. in a lifetime. So, uh, done, done a really nice route up to Castle Island. Had a bite to eat in Castle Island. Where does he eat in Castle Island? Hilliard. Mm, don't know what. Only one I Just know really the, is McGinn's. At the gates to Castle Wellen, mm-hmm. Forest Park. Just on the right there. Very good. That's How actually, it's actually in Castle Wellen with 20 cars. We parked in the car park in ah, the square. Smart. So, so, yeah, that was, it was good to get a few uh, modern events done over the uh, winter or autumn months. Also, we had Euro car parts. I don't know if you want to chat about that. I'm sure you do. Yeah, we went to the Euro car parts cars and coffee morning last weekend. It was great crack. Yeah. I arrived late because, you know, stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. Good turnout, and I think they raised about five hundred quid for Peter House. So they actually raised four hundred and eighty-nine pounds and ten pence. So Sony stepped up with ninety p. Aaron Haggerty generously said that he would donate the extra ninety p. Only after I called him out on Facebook to his woman. So <laughs> fair play to MJ and Kelly for organising that. Um, yeah, it was good. We we were down quite early, and there was a guy pulled in in like a like a bright green Ford Capri. And we were like, is he here for this or is he here just to buy parts? And it turned out his daily driver needed work and he was just down to buy parts in this for the daily. And then he came over and kind of spoke to us. I was like, what's happening today? Because I was there with the Jetta and MJ had the Beetle and stuff. And uh, we had said there's cars and coffee. Come back down later on. And he said he would if uh, if he got his daily fixed up. And, and he did. So he came back later on. Yeah, him and the wife came down. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking to him, I think. I didn't get... Was there a Mondeo engine or like some sort of 170 Z-Tech in it? It was a Z-Tech Mondeo engine. Right. Yeah. He yep. said he had done it over lockdown. lockdown. It was a 2-litre Z-Tech with... It looked like uh, throttle bodies of some sort. Yeah. And slot Sticking mags on the it. Side. I fucking love slot mags. You do, yeah. This Every time we get a question about what's your favourite wheels, I always forget about slot mags. And the correct answer is slot mags. Yeah. No, you know, for all. <laughs> the suit that kind of like, you know, like sort of smaller fake muscle car type, type thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it was a good day down there. It was good, good Friday time. cars. And it was. Of course, we had a drive in the S660. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the first, my first ever K car drive. Um, our friend Jim McGill had. Uh, he brought this down. It's such a strange car. So it's an import. It's a Japanese-only Honda S660. The three-cylinder turbo in the back of it. 60-odd horsepower. 62, was it, Nigel? Yeah. It's like a mini De La Soul. If you, like in a mini... It is, uh, yeah. De La Soul is tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's approximately the size of one of my shoes, I think. Weighs the same as a Mark 1 GTA, or Mark 1 Golf, I googled. Ah, very good. And it's... Uh, Three cylinder turbo, yep. sixty three brake horsepower. It's funny hearing the wee dump valve going behind your head as well. Like we were chatting to him, and he he just says, "Here, do you want to want to drive in it?" And threw me the keys. So Nigel and I went out, and I it was comical um, to say you were tramped into it would be an understatement. Uh, to quote our friend Stefan, two ton of shite kicked into a one ton bag. That's a perfect way. Of saying um, it, isn't it? Yeah. Nigel's head was actually so it's a target top. And the roof was off, and Nigel's head was above the roof line. Yeah, so it was Richie's I, when he sat on it. I'm not, right. I'm not extremely tall. I'm six foot one. Yeah, I think Brian's probably about the same height. Yeah, my dad's six three. Can you imagine him sitting on it? <laughs> yeah, or Marty Mim. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, but yeah, for, not for tall guys. It was good to see Jim. I haven't seen him in quite some time. Um, I think we're lined up to have him on yep. soon. He's an interesting guy, so we'll come back to that again. He's away over to. Johnny Brick Show in Manchester. Yes, Johnny Smith's Leaf Brick Show this weekend and the NEC next weekend as well. Busy, busy um, man. That car we drove was actually registered in the States, some Tennessee plates. Yeah, because we were driving about with American plates going, yeah, yeah that's completely well, fine. Well, that's what I said to you. <laughs> I was driving up the road. I was like, what do we say if we're stopped? It's like, we're, it's in, a, we're in a Japanese-only car on Tennessee plates 
and some random guy in a car park told us it's insured and work away. I was like, okay, right down. It would be like our luck to drive out in traffic branch are there with oh, yeah. full ANPRs. They'd probably drive into me. <laughs> Yeah, so it was good. Um, Apparently the coffee was good. I don't drink coffee, so I can't comment. The caramel uh, squares were good. The caramel squares were good. I had tea, and obviously the tea was very good, but you can't get tea wrong too too much. Not really. That was the last outing for the Crado. So it was. Aye, not for the winter, for good. For good. Yeah. Sad times. So we said. And you you missed second gear leaving. So did. (laughs) (laughs) Scream or pipe, scream no more. It is. <laughs> it was just, nope, I'm sad. No, it was a brilliant morning. I really enjoyed it. And I, as you say, I saw a few people I haven't seen in literally years. Yeah, it was the same which was brilliant. It was good. Mm-hmm. What else have we done? Is it, that's you, is it? For what you've been up Just to? a brief mention a nightmare of a few hours I had on Thursday afternoon with my daily driver, the A4. I was out looking for a car for Jack at a dealership in East Belfast. Walked around the forecourt, came back. The wheel was flat. Nice. The man in the forecourt said, you've got a flat wheel puncture. And I went, yeah. Went to the boot. Of course, I'd cleared out the boot because I was moving something and I lifted out of a wee storage box where I keep a lot of my tools in. Mm-hmm. Had no jack or no wheel brace. Right. So luckily, they it's a fully equipped garage. He came out, gave me a hand. It's so, a good thing you didn't try and destroy him on the price of the car you were looking at. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> got it changed. And to my surprise... Yay, modern car alignment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually a bl- uh, blowout. It was the alignment. It blew out in the very, very, very... You've seen it. Like like it's pretty much the sidewall and the same thing same happened Same thing happened car. my superb. I lowered the car probably start of 2020. Yeah, the alignment's completely out. So this was uh, mid-afternoon. I still had to pick the kids up. So I thought I'll go up to the... I'll, I changed the wheel onto the space saver and I thought I'll see if... I've still an hour before I pick the kids up from school. I'll nip up to the farm and change the wheels over. So it was in a bit of hurry, driving out of um, Gill in the Herc direction of Belfast. Speed van. Looked down at the speedo, 40 out of 30. Oh, I no. thought, this day's going well. Uh, up to the farm, change the, change the wheels, no problem. Down to the school, pick them up. Happy days. Went back to my house. It was quarter to five, starting to get dark. Electric was off. Of course. So the electric went off. There was a problem with the fuse box and had to get engineer on the phone and all the rest of it oh so it wasn't even a straightforward no. like oh it uh nigel was in a happy place i'm glad i didn't mess on thursday yeah <laughs> so uh yeah thursday was fun but hey that's cars and all the rest of it Aye. and everything else in life yeah nice one what were you like were you what's going on not much other than the cars and coffee i did see uh i was telling you last night an honest to god laguna yesterday when was the last time you saw a mark one renault laguna I, flip. I think they've aged so well. They were so popular. They're such the a nice looking car. Really, I were. remember my friend's mum having one and looking at them going, oh, Laguna, whatever. And see now looking back, and I think it's maybe a touch of nostalgia with the whole touring car thing too. They looked really, really good. Um, it was maroon. Now, this one was a wee bit rough, but it was still cool. It was like maroon with a spoiler and stuff on it. I like Did it. it have the front splitter? I didn't actually I'd notice. I'd be shocked if it did. Most of them mm. ended up screwed to the front of 106s and 306s. <laughs> The only other thing I have to add then since recording is we watched the USF one. Oh yes, that's right. Two weeks ago, as of tomorrow. Did you see it, Nigel? I did not. No, such a good race. I will not pay the exorbitant fees. <laughs> you're, to be fair, you're not wrong. Say we we paid ten pound to watch four hours of rain and spa. I what I do, I, I subscribe to the YouTube 
um, F1 channel. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. And it's actually a very, very good channel. And you get most of what happened only mm-hmm. later. Yeah. yeah. I, so if you're not tied, if, say you're at work or something, wouldn't see it anyway. Which I normally am, so I just play catch up. The Coda circuit, that's the first race I've ever seen at it for any type of racing. Really, really. It looks like it's a lot tighter and twistier than what I've seen of any other F1 stuff. Looks to be fairly rough on the cars too, which was good. I think still think the star attraction for me was Danny Ricardo with his interviews. It's just an absolute <laughs> legend. And in typical American fashion for that day, I ate so badly. We had chili cheese dogs during it, which mm-hmm. were they fantastic. Were and so it was a themed afternoon. It was. That was the morning that I had the uh, the breakfast muffins made out of Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, yes, yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. Fried the donuts and then the, the maple cure bacon and yeah, it's so good. Um, My favourite part, I think, of the thing was Shaq coming oh, out to present the trophies. The Shaq memes. The memes just ruined. Yeah. <laughs> He's taller than everybody and they're standing on the podium. Yep. And the funny thing was, like, there was other celebrities in the pits. Did you see, um, oh, what do you call your woman? Scherzinger? She's normally in the pits, no? No, it wasn't her. Uh, America, it'll be... Megan The Stallion, was it? Oh, and Martin... Martin Brundle, like snubbing the him. Bo- the bodyguards uh, around him. I thought he was going to headbutt your man. Um, but there was another after- big basketball player guy who was like eight feet tall. That's probably, right. Probably Kobe. Mm. No, sure, he's dead. Oh. He died in a helicopter crash. There's my basketball sp- uh, knowledge <laughs> exposed. I think he, he's like a current player. He Kobe's back from the grave, you've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> American listeners switching off. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I think a lot of the celebrities got a lot of shit for being there and like walking around, you know, but not actually doing anything with it. But Shaq was just the star of the show for them. Yeah. Like, and the, did you see the big car he arrived in? It, yeah. lo- it looked like someone cut the top off an Ulster bus, and this was just like a convertible car. It was the second thing he could fit in. Yeah, the man's insanely large. Like, mm. but yeah, that's that's about all we've been up to. Yeah. Um, will we get into our news? Absolutely. You know, who wants to kick us off? I'll kick off with a bit of GTI NI news. Excellent, Gopher. So we just launched, uh, this will be coming out on Wednesday last week, that we're having one of our first winter events, and that is that we're having a rolling road day at Autotune on the 27th of November. I would say we're looking forward to it, but, but we, we won't be there. <laughs> uh, it was meant to be the 20th. Things happened, mm-hmm. and we're going to have it on the 27th now. Um, it's 9am at Autotune, Ballymena. It's... Participants only, you can bring a passenger river, but it's not generally a spectator event as such. Yeah, people but have been struggling with that. There's quite a few tickets that are tickets, the tickets are for sale on the GTNI shop. It's uh, 40 quid for two wheel drive or a Haldex car, or it's 70 for a non Haldex all wheel drive because it just takes generally a lot more time. It takes half an hour to set up a, a reading with a non Haldex all wheel drive. So mm-hmm. that's where the cost is in that. So there's a few slots left um, that might be gone by the time this records uh, goes out. But um, it's fag only, isn't it? Fag only, yeah, yeah at the minute. Um, but I'm got it. I really wanted to do a run in the Jetta. What's Stefan doing? Is he got one down? Has he? Huh? Stefan? I was going to say, is he Take got the a mark one? <laughs> I think we're probably going to try and arrange something because it's something you've wanted to do for quite yeah. a while to see what it's doing. Mm. Uh, are you running anything? Uh, Destiny 30. Very good. I suppose that makes sense. And if something sort of arranged that I'm going to do a before and after. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Put a file on with ah, Excellent. I think so, anyway. Yeah. No, they get a you good might want to tell the wife I'm getting it mapped. So just let her work it out herself. Drive out Everybody, the, shh. <laughs> she'll drive down the cars one day and went, that car's going really well today. So. She gets caught speeding. It's your fault. 
Yeah, like it's always it. my fault, so nothing changes. Okay, we may as well just own it now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, looking forward to that. Should be good fun. Excellent. Uh, it's good in the winter months because it's not very much happens as such. Yeah. So it's nice to see something else on and a rolling road day. It doesn't matter if it's raining or not. You know. Well, it's not generally show, show car season, so we'll have to look at other type things you can do. Things you can do. Yep. Lee, what about you? My first news is a bit of a callback to something I've discussed now, I think several times before, which is everybody's favourite electric car, my favourite electric car, the Citroen Ami. It does have the cute factor. It's so cute. Citroen have donated or kind of gifted uh, six Citroen Amis to the Greek island of Chalky. Chalky. I don't know how to pronounce that. One of the islands. Yeah. Which is aiming to become the first Greek eco island. Which they've missed a trick there by not calling them Greco Islands. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> but um, these uh, little Citroen Amis are to be used as kind of public service vehicles. So they're done up in police livery and coast guard livery. And they're so cute. The funny thing is actually they look quite aggressive. They they're look like, like an aggressive toaster. Yeah, baby's little, baby's first police car. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll post some pictures. They're They're super cute. My first one then is another event that's happening and it's actually coming up quite soon. By the time this goes out, it'll not be long after. It's the 21st of November. Red Bull are coming back to Belfast for their Park Drift series down in the Titanic Quarter. So it's uh, it's very much like Gymkhana from what I've seen. Um, it's not a traditional like drift session at a circuit. So if it's set up in like a car park or a big open space and... You would almost think Red Bull have seen what Jim Cannon are doing and copied it. Well, I didn't like to say that, but yeah, it does look Strange, very like spookily. it. I'm looking forward to it. I believe we're going to it. Yes, I was talking to our... Uh, Contact. Fixer. Excellent. Week, so, so you've got all sorted out then. I'm 99% sure he should deliver on his promise. Happy days. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. So local, well, I'll say local, Southern, but quite local to us anyway. Um... Red Bull athlete Connor Shanahan is going to be competing at it as well. Should be good to see. As always, I do like a bit of drifting. It's I think talking to our street. source basically that the Saturday is going to be more like a qualification-y yeah, newbie. Find, find your feet with it kind Sunday's of thing. going to be the big day. Very good. Yeah, I think actually public tickets are only open on Sunday as well. Yeah. So that should be good. Will there be free Red Bull? hopefully so for you Nigel gets just, all the monster all the rest of the year you can get the Red Bull Lee just backs up with Octavia fill the boot yeah please you'll be hanging out around the Red Bull girls yeah hey ladies so no yeah I'm looking forward to that um, I believe there's still tickets out at the minute they are quite limited so check it out when this goes out you might be lucky and still get something yeah. due to popular requests for some sort of event sort of by ourselves or whatever we have decided that on the 20th of November, we are going to have the inaugural Reload podcast, Cars and Coffee. Yeah, so if you can't make it to the uh, Red Bull drifting that weekend, you'll have something at least to do. Yeah, so we're going to have it at the Nature Reserve, just off the M1. Um, Down Oxford Island. Oxford Island Nature Reserve, Lurgan. So it'd be great to have as long as a central location to try and sit more people. Come along, there's a wee coffee shop there. There's the coffee. And yeah. We'll have cars there. So I'm the cars. pretty yep. sure there's food down there as well. So <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lovely spot. If you are going down and we'll post a few things of where it actually is in the place. But just go as you right drive down. into it, just go keep driving and you actually get to the bottom and it like loops back on itself to come back out. Like if you miss this, you must be blind. So just go right down until you see funky cars. Yeah. Pretty and much. water. And water. <laughs> I was actually going to say. Don't drive into the water. No, no drive into the water. funky cars. People have done that. Don't do that. <laughs> 
So yeah, there are that, a few down ramps down there, but it shouldn't be too bad. They're not too savage. We've had a lot of low cars down yeah. there over the years. Well, the, the, the air cooled guys used to hold one of their mates down there. Yeah, and, that's and if right. they're okay, we'd yeah. be okay. Yep, <laughs> no, it should be good. So it's fairly easy accessible, as Nigel says. It's literally two minutes off the the M1 at Lurgan. So head yep. on down, join us, folks. And I think uh, we're we're probably going to do the. Food bank appeal or something like it, maybe. Yes, Again, December. Closer, yeah. No, that'll be so good. We'll do we'll something December, to see a few more there, too. Yep. Another bit of news is basically a callback to uh, listener Grant Gilliland when we were talking about the Critters getting named. That's right, yeah, over in Scotland. Yeah, I think it was Gritty McGritface or something like that. There's it? quite a few, yeah. Gritty Spears. Gritty Spears. <laughs> a personal favourite. So it was announced during the week that North Lincolnshire Council had a poll online survey, whatever you want to call it, to they're getting a new fleet of lorries mm-hmm. and they wanted to name them so it went out to the public and they've picked 10 names for the 10 new lorries but one of them was actually named in honour of the Duke of Edinburgh and it was named wait for it the Duke of Spreadenburgh of course <laughs> so, so I do love a good dad joke here's the list and uh, it includes the Duke of Spreadenburgh so first one is Jake Grittenden uh, nope don't get that one Roger Spreaderer ah well we can get that <laughs> yep I want to break freeze. Sounds good. Salting Matilda. <laughs> Gritosaurus Rex. I like that one. I'm down with that. I like this one. Basil Salty. Yes. The Duke of Spreadmer. Auntie Freeze, as in your auntie. auntie. Yep. Thaw and Order. Oh, yes. <laughs> and finally, Ready Salted. Now, hang on. If the police ever had like a gritter, they should get that name. Thaw and Order. Yep. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I like that. I do. I'm a fan of a good dad joke now. It's, oh, absolutely. Uh, There's a, a couple of good Instagram pages, dad jokes you can follow. I think listener Ryan Mc, McElmill uh, oh, he's is a big, big fan, fan of the yeah. dad joke. <laughs> so, yes. His Instagram story are dotted with a That's right, every, dad fa- every day on Facebook he used to post them as well. <laughs> Leave you on there, are you? Kind of a slow news week, to be honest, but this is something I was reading as I was flicking through Facebook and it just made me want to book a little bit. Um <laughs> The Aston Martin DBX, which is their kind of Cullinan? SUV, luxury four whatever four. fucking Cayenne, like the Lamborghini Anus, is already now it's only been out for a few months, outselling all the other Aston Martin models combined. That's because rich people are dicks. My response to that is, there was outrage when the Cayenne came out. That's right for Porsche. For Porsche. That saved the 911. That yeah, saved well, Porsche. That, that's the thing. They did, but at the same time... I remember, I remember they came out, it was Top Gear or something like that there, they turned around and says, don't get angry at this, this is ensuring the future of your beloved 911s. You're not a big Lambo fan anyway, or what, sorry, what's that in Aston's? Aston. Aston's are okay. Aston's are okay. Um, Let me guess, it has the Aston Martin famous grill. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, looks it, like it, a it looks like a fat DB9 or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's DB9 equivalent of me. If you're rich enough to buy one of those, right, you're rich enough to buy a fun Aston Martin, not a fucking Jeep Aston Martin. Yeah, but that's for the wife to tell the kids about. But that's your daily driver, utilitarian. Vomit. I'd be honest, though, an Aston Martin. How much better can one of those be than a Volvo Jeep or a, you know, they're not. It's all about that wee bad. I was going to say it's all about the bad, yeah. buy that, buy a proper Aston and a Volvo if you want one of those. Yeah, but what if your neighbour has... Both. And Aston, and yeah, then you have to outdo him. Well, they have too much money as Classic well. Classic keeping up with the Joneses. It is indeed. Yeah, it's a bit like us, you know, we'll either 
like the neighbors have three cars and we have 12. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you're, you're from the school of Andy Maxwell? Yes. <laughs> None of ours are working. <laughs> you're no say, working. You're so what you're telling me is you're busy culminating in the salvage yard? Oh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, right I'm good. surprised we haven't got a letter at some stage. Yeah. It's the joys of living in the countryside. So, yeah. Rich people suck. And they're not spending their money correctly. Is they're, that they're not, give it to me. I will show you what to do. <laughs> Maxwell Financial <laughs> Services. What are they hearing? I could be a life coach. <laughs> what are they, on the radio there? Money doesn't make you happy or something, but I'd rather be crying. It was, it was cool FM vocalists, but I'd rather be crying and asking In a, Martin, <laughs> in a Mercedes than on a bicycle. Or yeah. or something <laughs> Indeed. Um, my next bit of news then is. It probably hasn't went unnoticed for anybody driving in this country, the massive spike in fuel prices. Have you guys seen it? Oh, my God. I was down south last week, and I think it's 170-odd euros. 170, I saw it in Dublin the other day. I paid 163 for diesel on the way home on the Apple Green. I was trying to get across the border because I knew it would be cheaper, and I couldn't make it. It was flashing at me going zero-mile range, zero-mile range. I had to pull over at the last services. For reference, for the American listeners, that's... Around eight dollars. Well, the Americans are too busy complaining over which president has caused this to realise oh, okay. that we're all in the same boat right around the world, and that our fuel is still over twice the price of yeah. theirs. Not that I'm bitter about that, as you can probably no, tell no. by my voice. Um, so, the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, has unveiled his latest budget for 2022 to try and get the country Rishi back on track. Palm Angels sliders. I've seen that. Yes, <laughs> I'm not even cool enough to know what those were. I had to Google it. I think they're 100 quid sliders, basically. Nice. I'm not paying them anyway. Maybe got them on his government card. Expenses. So he's decided that, and I quote, he's not prepared to add to the squeeze of families and small businesses. How kind of a Tory. Exactly. So he's putting up, he's putting a freeze on the rise in fuel duty. So he's not removing it. He's just stopping it getting any worse. So just while we're there, it's got me looking into this. It still makes up 40% of the cost of our fuel. I thought it was more, to be honest. Yeah, well, funny you say that. There's VAT on top of that uh, yeah. and on the top of the rest of it. So all in, when you pay one, say, example, 145 a litre for fuel, the government pockets at least 82 pence of that, which is over half it. So I would just like to say, thanks, daddy, government. Choke me a bit harder, you fuckers. Just for, uh, for reference of how the gap has changed or the way the structure of the fuel is paid out a river, my father-in-law owned a film station for probably well over 50 oh, years. He's, he's bound to have seen that. And he basically, for every litre, 50 years ago it wasn't a litre, but it would have been, would have been a litre. Or it would have been, yeah, imagine. Not imperial, metric. Oh, Whatever it was, equivalent. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> ounces. But back then, he was basically, probably in the 70s, he was getting 15 to 10 pay a litre profit on every litre. Okay, yeah. When he sold the film station 10 years ago, I think he, he said it was like 0.5 of a penny a litre. Mm. And he'll not be getting any more. No, that's not going to have got any better in the last 10 years. Yeah. So look at even the price to leave. So that's why you have massive supermarkets on the side of the petrol stations. It's loss leaders trying to get them in to buy the, stuff. The, the, they sell the petrol loss to get the profit in the shop. Yeah, they need you to buy something in the shop. No, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, like, but as I say, half that's going straight to the government. Yeah. But it's okay, because I'm not making any rise on it. They're going to look after us. Oh, I. I'm glad they're in charge. Guy Fox Day yesterday, was it? I was waiting for Viva Nadetta to blow up Parliament, to be honest with you. Probably didn't. <laughs> sure, then we had the whole fucking debacle last month or whatever it was about the 
people panic buying fuel because apparently there were shortages, even though there weren't shortages at all. They weren't people were just idiots. Then they just wanted it. The people and are idiots. And then I think he shared it on the Instagram. The Insulate Britain protests, and there's a picture you put up of yes an insulation company being held up by the protester, yeah. protesters called Insulate Britain. Yeah, you couldn't write that like <coughs> perfect meme material. Fantastic. No, I, read, I was reading on Facebook again the other day, or Top Gear or something, one of those. Um, they did a survey then after the fuel shortage and said to people, has it made you more likely to buy an electric car? And a load of people said yes. Yeah. Again, I think, idiots. I think it was like 33% of people had said it was more likely to make them do it. I, I think, uh, isn't it Martin Mino, Miho is the president down south? T-Shock? Mm, maybe. I know Leo Miho Martin. Miho Martin, sorry. It was Leo... Leo Radcar was before, yeah. Yeah, he could, What happened? He still comes on the news. What is he going... He's still something but he's not the Taoiseach anymore oh, right. fair enough I think he uh, well he came out this week basically talking about I think it was a, I, I should have looked the story before it opened my mouth but it was basically about how he wants to get all petrol and diesel cars off the roads by 2030 aye yeah I not not sell new ones but uh, remove them from the road yet it's becoming more and more clear that the grid cannot cope with a surge in electric cars course, being charged can. there's no way so what's your average home? You think of the things you have in your house now, and we're kind of going off on a bit of a tangent here, but like electricity load, everybody has tumble dryers, washing machines, um, like heated taps, you know, like those taps that boil your water as it comes out and that kind of thing, electric showers, all more of a draw than what there was when those houses were built 20, 30 years ago. Add an electric charger on top of that. It's mental. Yeah. Like It just doesn't work out. It's madness. So, no, I'll stick with my petrol. Just on that sort of line of topic, I was actually talking to Andrew Maxwell on the phone the other night, and he was telling me about a good point about that COP26 conference in Glasgow. Uh Mm -hmm. So, a lot of delegates are staying in this resort 40 miles away, Mm -hmm. and they're being brought to it in Teslas, because, you know, Teslas are just... Yes, Harley run on flowers and they're mining the battery materials. They don't exploit children. So, he was telling me basically that the resort where the, 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 the guests are staying has two charge points. <laughs> so, and all these so what did they do? Brought in massive diesel generators so they could charge, to charge the, car. the cars. Ah, yeah. Harley had um, lent a load of their the electric, what do they call it? Live wire. Live wires, not electric lights, um, to the Glasgow Police Force for the duration of the uh, event as well. I've seen that, Why? yeah. Weird. <laughs> it's all showboating like, isn't it? Sure, Biden was there and his, all his... Oh. They weren't in Teslas, thank no. you very much. They were in their fucking V8. <laughs> the Americas don't do that. No, no. Do as we say, not as we do. Of course. My next bit then is last time I talked about that not very often that like really weird and cool cars come up in this country for sale. Did anybody see the Too Fast, Too Furious Evo replica? I did not. So Was it green, a green it's, one? Yes, yeah, the green one from Too Fast, Too I Furious. I did see it. 16 grand it's up for and there's a deposit taken on it so I don't know if it's staying local or if it's going say over Museum England or, or what the crack is yeah but it was a fresh import Evo 7 uh, I think it was a GSR and somebody had done it up like a pretty accurate looking replica of it it was pretty accurate because it wasn't lowered it was terrible looking <laughs> <laughs> did it have front calipers? probably not the uh, probably didn't have a drive shaft either but no there's a big market for those Fast and Furious replica cars you know, it's, there's a lot of people doing them, and I suppose parts are getting hard to get for them, so that's why they'll command big money. Can I have the pink one with pink flames? No. Because it's CGI? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Anybody, anything else? My final news story is basically a quick one about VW revealing they are going to launch the new ID5 SUV. Oh, lovely. With all-wheel all drive options. Tumbleweeds. So, f- so following their release of the ID3 and ID4, guess what? We have the ID5, which is the bigger... That's how numbers work, yeah. Yep. So uh, this will come with uh, just over 300 miles range, increased driver assistant features, so everything we hate, basically. So it has car-to-car comms. I must actually look into what that means. I think it's a bit of accident avoidance stuff. Oh, right. it's not but you'd actually... you'd have to be beside another ID5 or something. You'd imagine, yeah. Um, basically, it parks itself. That's nothing really too new. No. More voice assist and stuff like that. It's built on the MEB platform. It's built in the Zwickan plant in Germany. It goes on sale 2022. There's two options. There's the one-motor and then there's the two motor because that's how numbers work um, <laughs> GTX version so you, the one motor is 170 PS it's around 47k and then the GTX two motor is 300 PS that's going to be about 60k what's that about 170 or sorry 270 280 horsepower then kind of thing 300 PS isn't PS slightly above or I think it is below? yeah um, but you know they talk about Tesla's and all the rest of it it's still only able to do it not to 60 it's 6.3 Right? That's weird. But then it's they're super here. heavy. Yeah. So there you go, Volkswagen fans. Your future is doomed. It is indeed. <laughs> GTX. Ironically, the name of an oil. Um, that GTX, I think they've done Chiracos GTX. Years ago, did they? GT2s. It was GT2 it was a, years ago, I yeah. I think there was a GTX model. They yeah. could well have been. Oh, well. Something for Google. Aye. Um, my last one, then, is something... A bit worrying, a bit me going on an anti-government rant again, but we'll try and keep it under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been doing the rounds at the minute that there's an open consultation out for, and this is the name of it, the Future of Transport Regulatory Review, Modernising Vehicle Standards. Yeah, I've seen somebody sharing mm. this. Yeah, so to be honest, I was going to do a topic on this, and there's really not a whole lot of information out there. There's a lot of scaremongering and stuff, and just sort of put it out and make people are aware of it. So what they're looking to do is essentially bring vehicle standards and laws in the UK up to scratch for more modern vehicles, probably to do with self-driving and things like that. But there's a worrying section in it that refers to tampering. So it says, we will create new offences for tampering with a system, part or component of a vehicle intended or adapted to be used on the road. This will enable us to address existing gaps in legislation, never good, ensuring cleaner and safer vehicles. We will also create new offences for tampering with non-road mobile machinery and for advertising tampering services or products. This sounds very familiar to what happened in America this year. It does indeed. It's almost like they've been sitting on an exam and looked over at each other's notebooks. Yep, what are they doing over there? Yeah. So uh, what it actually says is, specifically we look to create a specific offence for supplying, installing and or advertising a tampering product for a vehicle. If you own an ECU company in Britain, be very scared. Yeah. A specific offence for removing, reducing the effectiveness of, or rendering an operative, a system, part, or component of a vehicle, and advertising as such, and a specific offence for allowing for use or providing a vehicle that has operations described in the previous two points performed on it. So basically going to slam you everywhere. Yeah. So essentially, if you advertise that you do, say, an EGR delete, and then you do it, and while you're doing it, do you give the customer your vehicle to drive, which has it? You're getting hit three times. Do you know how I blame for this here? Hmm. Feldspeckers with their diesel 
Yeah, taking the back, taking things to the extreme. Pop bang maps. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Um. So the problem is the warden, as always in these things, is kept kind of vague, which is the scary bit because it's like rather than using a sniper to pinpoint a, a specific problem, it's just carpet bombing, and everybody gets caught on the the tidal wave of it. Operation Shock and all. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Um, so like the problem is that they're saying about tampering if you really want to be pernickety about it any modification can be seen as tampering because you could turn around and say well you put bigger wheels on it they're heavier they've more rolling or they're wider so there's more rolling resistance you've damaged your fuel economy you know where do you stop that kind of thing and while that sounds like yeah you're being a bit paranoid it just takes somebody to accuse you of it and suddenly you have to it's not up for them to prove it it's up for you to prove that it's not that's the issue. I think the the language of the governments in the last decade has changed that they just want to get rid. Well, it's obviously they're coming out and saying it now. Yeah. This is their way of getting... Targeting the motorist. Yeah. yeah. So it's sad. As I say, there's not a massive amount of information on it, but just do yourselves a favour, some break time or some night your line up and Google it and have a look and just see what it is actually... We promise this will escalate. Being, oh, 100%, yeah. And it does. We'll bring you more news on it. I say I wanted to do a topic and there wasn't just enough on it, but there you go. That's me for news then, folks. Yep. Um, YouTube, he's got anything? Uh, I only have one, and it's basically the Hoonigan channel, and it's the following the story of the partnership with Audi, with Mr. Ken Block. The last few videos have basically been about they're getting Scotto and Ken. Scotto has his coupe. That's He's right, been yeah. building for 13 years. Yeah, and suddenly got it done. Suddenly got months. it done with the power of SEMA and a lot of sponsors. Uh, Ken, when he was over in Germany, was looking for a Quattro Sport. And mm-hmm. original Quattro Sports, as I explained, are millions now. So the way around it is replicas. Yep. So he approached uh, LCE Engineering in Germany, who have built some ridiculous Quattro Sport replicas over the year. Um, and they were asking where could I get one. And I think, or he bought their demo car. Okay. The monster. Uh, the mo- I forget the nickname they had. That's the white one he has, isn't it? Well, it was red. Ah, oh, right. Um, so it's 736 brake horsepower. Of course. They have they have built some mental cars. So he's basically bought it, painted it white, got Rotoform to do um, S2 style uh, Facebook wheels on uh-huh. it. Sort of OEM plus looking on it then. There's going to be a series of videos. The first of them was a walk around Ken's car in the background. You see Scotto's and he has put a one of 40 body kit on his coupe. Mm-hmm. So that'll probably be the next a big video. thing coming. And then, because they're on Big Boost, there'll be some sort of action videos, I'm sure, to come and different bits Oh, and I'd say there will. No one Hoonigan into yeah. the burn box. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so they, they, they were building that for the Toyo stand at SEMA. So sort of to roll on from that there, seeing if you've uh, pictures and videos from SEMA, you don't have anything off SEMA, do you? No? I have a wee bit there, but nothing. It's more in another one, if you want to talk there. Yeah, um, my two picks really basically would be the DeLorean. Was the EV one? No. Is there a wide arch? No. No, it's an LS Turbo. Yes. That's a, that's a twin turbo. It's not an EV. Is it black white arches on it? Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, I haven't got what's in that series. I've watched the other series. But yes, go on ahead. That That's one I want to talk about, yeah. And then the other one I liked was the Tesla with uh, LS swap in it by Richie Rebuilds. Yes, I have that there. The brown one. Yeah, do you want to expand on it now? No, sure? no, no. I've only just a wee bit to mention it. Um, if you have any more that are working No, away. that's just the... But I've seen videos. I have not seen this, but I'm into it. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the video I was watching was actually Jimmy Oaks, and he was walking around it, and it just looks like it was meant to be there. That's what I was going to say. It's actually Jimmy Oaks' channel. I have a wee bit about there, and when he does the walk around of it, 
you know, sometimes when you see stuff, especially for SEMA, it can be a wee bit over the top rather than you could have made something kind of OEM looking. Like having a an LS and a Tesla is different enough. It doesn't need to be over the top. And that's the approach he's taken with this. It looks like just a really well-finished car. And you open the bonnet and it just looks like it's supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. Plus, when you start it, it sounds like it's supposed to be in there too. <laughs> <laughs> but I've said that. Like those Teslas are a good looking car. Yeah. It's just need to be Not modified. the ones with the weird like... Oh, the bat wings. Or the bumpy the like things the front where like flex forward no like the the slant of the windscreen is oh, just it's wrong too, too straight yeah. up i know the model, model x is that i'm not I'm sure not, I'm not even good sure the models in yeah you may as well ask me about french cars more to the point where's this jeep what jeep the Cybertruck. Cybertruck. oh I, <laughs> yeah with the bulletproof you know, glass get the finger out did you know there is sorry this is a little bit of a tangent as well but there's a mattel series of lego it's not lego but it's like mattel's version version of it i can't remember what it's called but it's like a one word bricks or clicks or there's something anyway but they have released a cybertruck like lego version of this thing but it doesn't exist yet (laughs) but it doesn't exist yet. so they have built the cybertruck before tesla yeah pretty much i like it (laughs) um yeah some of the stuff at SEMA this year's it looks good now there's a lot of crap at it which there usually is too um there's a guy following instagram tends to drink a few beers walk around sema and pound out all the bad parts on cars which oh, is yeah. quite humorous i haven't seen it this year now i know a certain painter who used to be very like that i so i think he <laughs> listens to this too there's <laughs> <laughs> the state of that fresh eyes everywhere <laughs> um is that you then nigel that's me yep my first one then is a local group of guys who will be no strangers to the db daily guys have you seen any of their YouTube footage? No, I'm sorry. So they launched her maybe about a month or two ago, and they started out basically an introduction to themselves, and then a walk arounds of their own cars. And they they're such a big group of guys, and they have like a diverse range of cars, like Jap stuff, Vag stuff that we would be into. You know, there's all it's a it's kind of tailored towards everybody, which is nice. Um, the most recent one they had there was Graham at the wee green six M Polo, who was mm-hmm. in Scotland with us yeah. on doing a walk around, and they've improve their sound and stuff on it they've got like a it's actually quite smart so they have what looks to be like a lapel mic on the end of a, bre- a breaker bar so they could stand and pass back and forth between them sort of thing but no it's good to see showcasing like local cars and local yeah. builders especially down in the south stuff that we like to do up here but you don't always get to because well at the minute with covid re- regulations throughout the year was a bit sort of awkward yeah but no fair play to them guys for trying it out and it's actually working really well they have a few show footage our coverage of shows as well down there too, which is good. Keep that up. Next one you mentioned is Jimmy O. He's down at SEMA. So Adam LZ actually got him in. Did you see? They had to put him like fake on the books as part of a Drift HQ. Yeah. To be able to get him in as a you know, yeah. part of their crew. Because it's a commercial show, isn't what it? What he saves paying him five grand a year or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently it's it's quite difficult into and if from talking to somebody before, I think it was maybe a year or two ago, they were saying if they think you're doing that kind of thing, they'll just not give you the tickets. They're quite strict about it. Um, he was out in the Mustang Mach-E for passenger rides in the Hoonigan burn that. box. That yeah. thing looks aggressive. I think it's that instant torque thing with them. When you're really ragging them, it looks like it's throwing you about. There's no sort of soft give with it, which is a bit violent. But in that video, you see someone going around with an LS and it just bar bar bar, and then that all oh, you hear is squeak tires. He actually said that. It's it's kind of weird it's standing there, yeah, looking at it with all the tire noise and nothing else. I think he said it was like £2,000 for the torque or something. That's insane. Ah, yeah, it was, yeah. I can't Crazy. even imagine what that's like. 
another video then is actually it's not on youtube but it's on instagram i think i shared it i think i shared it on our page the other day um there's a guy if you check him out on instagram 777 style was driving behind Vinny in the nsx uh Vinny's one of the hooligan guys mm-hmm. did you see this video no, so they're driving down to cinema he's behind him and sam dobbins is mark seven and some woman pulls alongside Vinny in the nsx Yes, I did. Sorry. Throws her coffee at him. I don't know if something happened before this or what. And then as the traffic moves on, she's obviously looking over at him. Giving the, out. Yep. Car stops in front of her, bang, rear ends the car. So it's just <laughs> perfect karma. It's great. <laughs> yeah, so check it out if you want a good laugh. Um, Another one then is Salvage the Savage. I, I, I think this was like a suggested one I found on YouTube. These are the guys that built that, the twin turbo LS, mm-hmm. what do you call it, DeLorean? So did you see the C10 that they built? No. So if sitting beside it, it's like a greeny colored C10 pickup truck, but rather than going the usual LS route with it, they've actually went with Tesla swap, which wouldn't usually be my bag as we know me with EV type stuff. But the uh, they've done a twin twin motor. So one the front, one the back and built the whole frame from scratch with this like YouTube series and actually shows them building it. It's actually really interesting because as much as I like, I like my technology and engineering, but with the EV stuff, I never really looked at it and knew what way it worked. And when people talked about motors, I assumed it was like direct drive on the wheels. But with the Teslas, from you can see from this, is actually like the motor goes through, well, what looks like a gearbox is probably a transfer box and out into what looks like a diff, the same way our front wheel drive cars would be. Mm-hmm. And then two shafts coming out. So it is essentially the way that works. You just drop them into the front, which you talked about the, who was it, the EV conversion on the Mark II in England? Oh, I forget the name. Yeah, but it would make their kind of thing quite easy. You do know, a lot easier anyway. Yeah. E-dub services in Harrogate. That's right. But no, it's it's interesting. I wouldn't be fussed on the styling they went with it. Again, along what we were saying there about rich rebuilds, with that being like one of the first Tesla swap C10s, I would have kept it more OEM looking. Say like a bagged, nice looking truck, as opposed to they went kind of wild with it. But no, it's, it's a cool yoke to see. Uh, then the last one is Mike from Stanceworks. Have you seen his latest video? Yeah. So he's got the Model A back. The Model A has sort of been taking a backseat to the looks, Ferrari. Looks absolutely savage. It's ridiculous. Um, so seven it's, or eight hundred brake or something. Yeah, seven, seven hundred horsepower at the rear wheels. I can't help but think, looking at that, that must be a holy horror to drive. Yeah. Well, myself and Ian K were saying that last night. Like that's the kind of thing that. You'd never get used to. It just mm-hmm. wants to kill you at all times. 700 horsepower at the wheels and it weighs a ton. It sort of reminded me of, remember Gas Monkey had the Sailor Jerry? Yes. Yeah. Whatever that was. It just wants to destroy yeah. you. Um. Yeah, I can't imagine that's the kind of thing you want to respect at all times and don't put your foot down. Yeah. So I think the story behind it was that he blew the engine up after supercharging it and then was waiting on another one being built. Got messed around and this kind of fell into his lap and then he's went for it now so check it out it's like the Ferrari stuff's very good but this is interesting to see him doing something he's else as well not far off completion in the Ferrari I think no I think it's the thing with the Ferrari is his hold ups he's yeah. waiting on his wheels the wheels are apparently lost so yeah, which lovely. is always good and knowing Mike there'll be something stupidly Ridiculous. rare yeah, yeah. Um, so why he's sort of focused on this as well but really really good YouTube series I would say it's probably one of the best like recorded presented the way he goes through everything. He's very detailed and thorough. And mm-hmm. he, he's he not boring, but he's like, he's detailed and the way he shoots everything, it's just, it's set High up standard, so well. methodical, mm-hmm. technical. If, to me, that would be like the setting the standard for like that type of YouTube stuff for builds. It's very, very well done. 
So, no, that's a few from myself there. Good. Uh, before we end our topic, Lee, do you want to hit us with a sponsor there? I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Studio 10 are a car care business located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland. Robin specialises in vehicle detailing, paintwork correction and ceramic coatings. Studio 10 are the only Mavinci approved detailer based in Northern Ireland and are proud to have many years experience in the automotive industry. Studio 10 also offer an online training programme, Foundation Pro. This training programme is designed for those who want to improve their current skill set, whether that be to detail their own vehicle to a much higher level or if they're considering starting their own validating business. The course also features in many other benefits such as discount codes for various detailing companies and much more. To view all their detailing packages, training course and obtain details on all the other services they provide, visit their website at studio10car.care or simply Google Studio 10. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 10 Detailing. So as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we have a bit of a topic for you guys today. And when I was looking at ideas for topics, I kind of come across one thing in particular and it sort of made me scratch my head and it sent me on a bit of a deep dive in to see what else was out there. So today we're talking about the weird and wonderful features offered in cars throughout the years. Now, as you'll hear, some of these are actually quite good ideas, but the majority of them are just absolutely ridiculous and it makes you wonder why they were even offered or who thought of them. So we'll kick it off from an offering from BMW. You're in the car, think of the dials that are in front of you, which have been there the longest, more like your speedo and your rev counter would be mm-hmm. the most common, along with these two, water temperature and fuel. And then after that, you might have the odd one, depending on what the car is. And then a lot that didn't really catch on. Well, the first one here falls firmly into that category. Even in the aftermarket world, we find gauges that will monitor pretty much whatever you want. You won't find one for this. And it's the openometer. Any ideas what an openometer measures? How open your sunroof is? You're close. Window. So... The openometer BMW has seen fit to install in the convertible minis in 2011 records how long you've had your roof open for. <laughs> Why? Jeez. So who at BMW thought this was actually going to be a good idea or would even want this? You're not pulling up and going, oh, well, I've had my roof open for 36 minutes now. I've got X amount of sun. Um when you consider they could have put more horsepower, better handling or a cup holder into the thing. You could see it as... Okay, so we always joke about the British and being a nation of optimists because we own more convertible cars per capita, I think, than anywhere else in Fair Europe. Enough. When we get to use them for approximately 10 seconds once a week in the summer. So it could be you could use this to gauge was it worth investing in a convertible car for the amount of time that I've used the convertible roof? Do you think this is a thing on the owner's club? Probably. <laughs> Uh, I reckon that literally doing nothing would have been better than this. <laughs> but the the thing that really gets me about it is, so an openometer, what is it? It's a clock. Tells you time. It's a stopwatch, essentially. If it's not digital, it'll be analog, which means you have your traditional style clock work goes right around. No, this goes not to 60 minutes in three quarters of a circle. What? Yeah. So an hour is three quarters of a circle for the dial gauge to turn. And then once it hits the R, a light comes on, one light comes on to signify one R, and then it goes back to zero and comes back around to the three quarters of a circle again. So they basically fucked up the clock. But it doesn't... So it doesn't record long term? No, it, it, it'll tell you, like, once the R is up, it'll flash up a light to say one R and then goes back to the minutes again, 
but the minutes only go to where normally 45 minutes would be on a clock. What a tremendous waste of time. Yes, I agree. Reinventing the wheel and screwing up. <laughs> uh, the next one then is from Honda. So upon us launch in 19... Smart Japanese. I'm, I'm hopeful for this one. You're hopeful, but yeah, yeah. don't be. Uh they did they did good at one part as you'll hear so upon its launch in 1997 honda were obviously very chuffed with their crv the vehicle sold like crazy and had it it was quite utilitarian and one touch that it had was the boot floor lifted out and folded into a table quite smart you'd imagine you're up on trails or picnics that sort of thing Mm -hmm. however honda clearly delighted with themselves Mm -hmm. decided to push the boat a bit further and built a shower into the tailgate of the crv so swing open the tailgate and a shower consisting of, no joke, a water jug, a plastic hose, a shower head and 12 volt pump give you... Presum- Luxurious. Yes, presumably the coldest... Herbal essence scene <laughs> ensues. The coldest shortest shower you'll ever imagine, I imagine. Why? Unsurprisingly, it didn't catch on, thankfully. Stupid. The next one, straight out of Japan again. So Straight out of Compton. 1984, what a year to be alive. Now, you, you were alive. I was six. So, you're coming home from seeing the coolest new movie out, Ghostbusters? Ghost, uh, 84, would that be? Back to the Future, it was 85. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. Sorry. Ghostbusters well up there. In your Toyota van. So, yes, that's actually the name of it, because it was a van made by Toyota, so called it the Toyota van. Um, Imagination. There's only one thing in the world, though, that's cooler than Ghostbusters, and that's the ice maker Toyota decided to install in the van. So between the front but seats... of course, why yes. would you not have an ice maker? <laughs> so between the, the front seats... the on the go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, between the Cheeky front seats... martini on ice. <laughs> there's a flip-up lid that has a fridge below it and an ice maker running off the ASE lines. Now, I don't know how this works because you imagine when you come home and turn the vehicle off, all the ice turns to water because the thing's yeah. not running. I have a feeling this topic will have a lot of Japanese-influenced vehicles because you think they have big, luxurious 90s and 80s wagons and it was all about the gadgets uh, yeah and they were the forefront for gadgetry yeah. and Tom Kennedy he would be able to in the champion that sort of stuff yep. like you know. so you would imagine if I actually think it's quite a great idea because I do like my drinks cold but you would think that with today's technology they could have improved it but obviously not still stuff turns the water overnight um, Gavin Black's old A8 that he had had a champagne cooler in the back of it and a fax machine and a fax machine but it doesn't keep things cold no. Maybe it makes you cooler. Although I would use the champagne cooler for Pepsi Max, as most people will be aware of. Cooler. <laughs> um, the next one is actually quite a handy tip, and it's featured in a lot of cars. So if you look at the cluster in your where your fuel gauge is, there's an arrow beside the wee petrol pump. Mm-hmm. This is actually quite handy if you directly drive other cars that aren't your own, say if you're a car thief or you hire a lot of cars. Quite, that the, ar- quite the polar opposite there, Connor. Oh, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. have to keep, cover all the bases. Yeah. So that arrow actually points towards the side of the car that the filler cap is on. So this was... Hold on a minute. Not all cars have it, though. No, they don't. But any that do, that's what it's for. Yeah. Um, it's credited inventor of the arrow is a man called Jim Moylan, who worked from Ford. The idea came to him when he had to fill up a Ford company car in the rain and was frustrated when he got soaked because he picked the wrong side. Obviously very easy annoyed. See, that's smart, sensible thinking. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. So he wrote up a memo with the idea, sent it over to the bosses, and it just went from there. So in 1989, the US version of the Ford Escort was the first car to feature the arrow and just spread from wildfire. So God bless that man if you want to there stay dry. In a similar vein to Jim Moylan getting caught in the rain while filling up the car, it's pretty well known that Rolls-Royce have umbrellas built into their doors. 
I'll do not unlike Sukhoi Sportline. So, uh, what's up, bitches? First launched in the Rolls Royce Phantom in 2003. I actually thought it would have been earlier than that. Every Rolls so since that was Rolls Royce in 2003. When they launched the Superb Mark One. Oh, I don't know. Oh, six. I think Wouldn't be too far behind. No. So every role since has had these, and you'd think rightfully so with the price of the things. But regular listeners of the podcast will know that these aren't the only cars, as Lee has said. Good Sepoib. The Superb has them built into the doors, and to be honest, they're actually incredibly They're really handy. useful. Yeah. Like, I personally And they're the fun pop-up ones. They are, yeah. yeah. Automatic pop-up ones, too. Yeah. So I personally wouldn't take an umbrella with me, because I just get wet like a real man. But if Lee has it out with her, it is, I will stand under it, <laughs> begrudgingly. The next one is something a lot of people will be familiar with. It's the Reliant Robin. Many of us here in the UK and Ireland grew up seeing Del Boy and Rodney driving the van version in Only Fools and Horses. Mm-hmm. And Top Gear later featured a lot of them for comedy value. And I use the term comedy lately. Mm. The most notable and obvious feature of the Robin is that it has three wheels. So it's always seen as a bit of a novelty car and often laughed at. But there was actually a reason behind it having the three wheels. So clearly it's designated as a trike, which when it comes to licensing, gets lumped in with a lot of motorcycle stuff. So using the fiberglass body, the three-wheeled wonder was light enough to be taxed as a motorcycle and not a car, and therefore cheaper, but also could be driven on a motorcycle license as well. So back years ago, a lot of people would have more likely to have a motorbike license. Yeah. When I was looking at this, I was actually surprised again to find that they made the Reliant Robin up to 2001. Wow. So, yeah. Um, the, late, the very last of them as well came with Vauxhall Corsa headlights, Corsa B headlights, which go. is a weird one. And then the final nail in the coffin for them not selling as much was that the license law changed that you couldn't actually drive them on a motorbike license then. Nail in the coffin. That's it. I have a ridiculous story of one of these things. So my dad and his friends used to buy them up to build trikes out of, mainly because you didn't have to like, go through the SVA to get them registered. You could just use the Reliance chassis number, totally legal. And so we bought one one day, turned out to be a full of car. Dominic had quite a big garden and he had dug like a ramp with a mini digger for his daughters to jump with uh, like wee quads and things like that. So we're messing about anyway. And everybody was like, go through the jump, go through the jump. And nobody would do it. And me being 14, I was like, I'll do it. Wrecking around this garden in the Roland Robin. And they're actually quite stable. You see in Top Gear where they cope over all the time. They're all weighted to do that. But I come around the bottom corner. And when I say I was flat out, I was probably doing about 35, 40 mile an hour. Speed demon. And Dominic had dug the ramp. So to make it worse, he had dug down and then took the stuff from there and piled it behind it. So he went down into the ramp to get this big thing. So I hit the ramp. And as I was coming back up, I chickened out. But I was halfway up the ramp. All I could do was turn right off the ramp. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, 14. Um, launched myself off the ramp. His daughters were in the middle of this that I was going round on a trampoline, all bouncing away. I come out sideways towards them in midair in the three-wheeled plastic pig. Were you influenced by the DOE road safety advert today? I probably did, yes. <laughs> if it went the other way, I would have been on the road. There was, there, there was a DOE director... Walking by as this happened, he went, I have a great idea for an advert. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, as it came down, when it slopped off the ground, it broke an engine mount. The engine fell forward, which pulled the throttle cable on, and the thing took off. And and sheer panic, like the obvious thing to do would have been to turn it off. I literally got to a stop, knocked it out of gear, and jumped out and ran away from it. And it was revving its head. Run away, run away. (laughs) 
So yeah, they're, did you shoot it to put it down or what? I'm surprised my dad didn't. <laughs> but no, they're they're a terrible thing. Quite quite the novelty. So the next one is for movie buffs out there. I'd be familiar with the term Easter eggs, where they hide things in films, reference other films and books and things like that. Yep. Or in Pixar's case, just put dirty jokes in the clouds of kids' films. So. The car designers don't seem to be any different. An example of this is kind of a weird one. Is the Vauxhall Corsa D. Do you know this one, Lee? The shark? Yeah. Do yeah. you know it? No? I think I've heard of it, Rowan. So, I... When I yeah, yeah. When I worked in Halfords, I learned about this. And every car that came in, I was like, oh, I'll check your fuse box for you to see. <laughs> but apparently, when you drop the glove box on the side frame of it, there's the like embossed shark, like yeah. a cartoon shark coming out. Nobody really knows why, it's rumored that designers had a bet on that they could get a shark somewhere in it, but there's no like there's no reason for it. It doesn't do anything, and just like a big inside joke, pretty much, yeah. So I I quite like that kind of thing. Another one then as well is that do you remember the old Honda what they call the cog advert back in the early two oh, thousands yeah. where like the wipers moved the rain sensing fantastic. Do you remember it now? So like Can't a think s- of it. string of car parts along like a building, and they all like interacted with each other. Yeah. The next, I think the slogan was "Perfect in Harmony" or something. Yes. The next um, Civic after then was the Mark Eight, and because that was called the Cog advert, if you look at their petrol cap, it's actually like embossed with a cog outline on it. Which I noticed, but didn't realize that was what it was for. And then the Renault Twingo RS, the pedals in it. So your accelerator pedal or the Go pedal is a play logo, you know, from your DVD player. The brake is a square for the stop, and the clutch, pretty much. Mm. And the clutch is the two lines for pause. I don't know what their connection was with the RS with that, but that's they went pretty with cool. It. Need something to get you in the twingos. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, the next one then is going back in time. So nowadays, if a car doesn't have Apple CarPlay or at least some way to play music from your phone, people tend to get a bit worked up about it. And those of us of a certain age will remember having a big soft black folder filled full of CDs in their cars. Oh, yes. yes. Yep. So you're rifling through them trying to see which one of your Dave Pierce trans anthems you're going to be playing. Oh, wait. Disc two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so rather cumbersome. And that big wallet is like it was so heavy. You could beat somebody to death with it and it seems really inconvenient compared to like having unlimited amount of things on your phone now. But. It was much more advanced than Chrysler's efforts. So back in 1956, Chrysler came up with what they called the Highway Hi-Fi. So mounted under your dash was a unit that played specifically developed 7-inch records with 45 minutes of playtime on each side. And sadly for Chrysler, and probably to be expected, the system was plagued with issues, mostly mm-hmm. skipping when you're driving along hit a bump. And it never really took off. They didn't have the... What did you call it in the Walkmans? Oh. Shock, like, anti... Anti jog or something something like that i couldn't afford a cd player head unit so i put plug you know you get adapted into a stereo oh, the little the, tape did you have the wee tape that yeah, you put yeah, yeah. Lee has one of those for i the have jetta. one of those for the jetta but the, the head unit in the jetta doesn't work at yeah. all <laughs> um so despite it not taking off chrysler had actually purchased twenty thousand of the units to put into cars oh crazy sure. you think cds are heavy vinyl records are heavier again yeah i used to play a vinyl didn't you yeah <laughs> they're back again finally very popular again my daughter actually has a record player and several recent ad- albums as well. We probably have a ball of vinyls you can yeah. have. <laughs> Another one then is further back in time. Back when cars were first invented, and probably a bit like the EV world at the minute, it's kind of a wild west where nobody really knows what's going on. They're just winging it. Like even back then, no one had agreed in the layout of the pedals in cars. So it was all a bit sort of haphazardous. 
So obviously the previous and still most common mode of transport at the time was the horse. So on the road, you had all these horses in the odd car. As we know, horses are pretty easy spooked. And even by the relatively quiet cars today, it still kind of scares them a bit. So you can imagine how much they were shitting themselves when they met some of these rickety horseless carriages on the road, popping and banging. So this is where preacher Uriah Smith steps in with his 1899 invention, and I shit you not, the horsey horseless. So the name's weird, and the whole thing just kind of gets more weird as this goes on. The patent is for a car body with a fake horse's head attached to the front of it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) To mimic the look of a horse drawing a traditional carriage. So you can only hope that the horses coming towards you are also deaf and can't hear the actual thing that's going on. Working retarded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, retarded horses. <laughs> I mean, horses are dumb, but they're not that fucking dumb. They'll give you something to look like. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, uh... Hey, Mr. Ed, how's it going? <laughs> the horses You're a bit noisy in this world. his ass. So, rather smartly, though, the horsey, horseless horse head, which is very hard to say, was hollow. So that's a hollow, horsey, horseless horse head. Say that three times in your drunk. I will not. I won't say it's sober. So it was hollow to allow fuel to be stored in it, which is actually probably the smartest part about all of this. There's also probably a horse bar joke in there, but I just can't think of it. (laughs) (laughs) Why Um, the long face? Over to Italy. So... The Fiat 500L, a car hasn't got much love for myself this last while on this podcast. The ultimate Italian car, you'd imagine. But there's a piece of its Italian heritage missing. And what could it be? There's nothing more Italian than a Fiat 500L with a Lavasa espresso machine installed between the front seats, is there? Of course. Bella. Moving vehicles and containers of boiling liquid just work really well together. Yeah, that's one that... So I watched, I watched the video of this in action, and it's basically a glorified flask, and it doesn't even hold the water. You have to pour the water into it, pop in this, like, espresso capsule, and hit the button, and then you set it back into the console, and it vibrates, like, like it's so loud and noisy. And then a few minutes, you have this wee espresso, probably on your lap. Um, or around your lap. Yep. So, Fiat says not to use it, except when stationary, but how often is that going to happen? Yeah. Like, I can picture people on the Westlink heading into Belfast, and the commute, scalding themselves. Next up then, and in similar vein to the horsey horseless, we have uh, in the early 1900s, these new things called cars were really catching on. Ford were nailing down mass production and they were getting more and more common. The problem was drivers were still finding their feet and apparently finding pedestrians' feet as well. Pedestrians were getting mowed down left, right and centre by almost a ton of Ford Model T. And the roads didn't really have lanes or anything, it was just very haphazard. So... The first part of John O'Leary's advert in the New York Times states, When a man buys an automobile, he feels rather timid every time he drives it, for fear he will crash into some pedestrians and maim or injure the person for life. Not like that today. No. No. I'll maim anybody. So, John O'Leary brings you the O'Leary's Auto Fender. So, this was basically a metal frame that attached to the front of your car. So, when you did knock down a pedestrian... This is like a car catcher for a train. Yes, exactly what it is. (laughs) Very nice. A giant net that scoops the people up. So, this invention didn't take off. It's a gladiator. Yeah. I would... You know what? In today's day and age, it would be like, you get points for how many many pedestrians you can collect. (laughs) So, it didn't take off. And it was actually because people didn't like them because they're ugly. And I will not argue with that. And I will happily kill a few pedestrians if my car looks good. I'm all about it. So <laughs> that's the last of them with a few honourable mentions. We have Volvo have a heartbeat detector. 
So this was a recent one for them that you could detect if anyone was in your car if you weren't in it, which relays to the key. Okay. That's yep. weird. Yep. Definitely some weird rapey fantasies going on there. Um, Super Brat, which was like their pickup, like a El Camino caddy type thing. Okay. Uh, has seats that bolt into the bed in the back. Can't imagine. Sounds can, very safe. Going down the M1 with that. Taking the kids to BB. <laughs> in the back. Uh, Merc have heated armrests in some of their more recent cars because I always find my elbows are cold in the car. Yeah, yeah, we've got what? Heated seats. Heated seats are great. Heated steering wheel. I can see. I don't know if I really need a heated armrest. Probably to not. To be honest. That's um, for the older customers, I oh yeah. suspect. It gets cold. <laughs> and to finish up, this was back in the 50s again. Ford actually done away with this, tried to do away with the steering wheel. And it had two joysticks that you twisted to steer. Yeah. Because of... <laughs> Maybe somebody foresee Top Gun was going to be met. <laughs> so yeah, um, again, there's a lot more I could have rambled through there, but those were the pick of the bunch for me. Some some good, mostly bad. Yeah. <laughs> some you're going like, why would anybody come up with this? I'd like to put an honourable mention in. I think my favourite accessory ever offered by a manufacturer was Vauxhall when they offered a set of carburetors in the boot yes. of a Vauxhall Nova Sport. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they win, end of, mic dropped. I could have that. Yeah, that was to do with like the emissions and stuff. They no. couldn't get to the pass. So they just threw it in the boot and tell you to fit it yourself. There was something else. That some, was some of the BMWs or something came with like a spoiler like that too? That's too sure now. That's Mr. Ha- yeah, that's happened a few times with different manufacturers, but I do like that in the Nova Sports cool. set of forty fives or forties in the boot. Enjoyed that, Connor. Thanks very much. Yeah, that was good. Before we go any further, I'd like to mention our other sponsor, Reload Global. Reload Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. Pop on over to Reload Global to view their online store and treat yourself to something nice. So once again, thanks very much to all the listeners that have sent in their questions. So we'll start with um, Pondering. Mr. Steve Harper on the YouTubes has sent in... Um, I was actually said it the last time, but we didn't have enough time, wasn't it? Yeah. I think he actually sent it in after. Ah, it was just between after. them, yeah. So he has said, uh, "Love them or hate them, but the Mark III Harlequin is making a, a bit of a comeback." Or else I've been watching too much Jamie Orr. What are your opinions on Mark III Harlequin, and what's your thoughts on say if a Mark One Mark II Corrado was painted in Harlequin colours? I'm okay with it as a kind of homage kind of thing. I mean, I wouldn't personally do it, but I don't mind if somebody else wants to do it. The thing that would bug me about it is the fact that all the Harlequins were four doors, so it kind of throws the colour pattern off, which yeah. if you were doing on a Corrado, mm. is the thing. Um, there used to be a B3 Passat in England that was done. It was quite, it was cool, quite yeah. cool. I It was at Ultimate Dubs, I think, a few times. Mm-hmm. The Harlequins are a funny one. They're very polarising. I could never warm to them. I think at the time when they were sold in the States... I just wrecked my head looking at it. I, why? Um, I... F- I could be wrong on this, but I think it was a company called, uh, like a dealer called Jim Ellis had a lot of them and they couldn't sell them and they actually had took four of them. So for anyone that doesn't know, a Harlequin is made up of four different colours. So you have Tornado Red, Ginster Yellow, Pistachio Green and Chargill Blue. And they swapped all the panels to make a full Chargill Blue car, a full Tornado Red, a full Pistachio Green and a full Ginster Yellow and try and sell them off that way because they couldn't sell them. <laughs> I would actually like one of those cars because there's kind of that weird yeah. heritage behind it. 
I was thinking, um, we talked about this before. We were watching GMEs or somebody's videos where they had that big Harlequin mate. I, I was at the low show the guys put on. And obviously the cars would have been, I imagine, made on the production line as a full car. And then Swap the panels around. taken off and swapped around afterwards. So I wondered if you got a load of them all together, would there be ones that had each other's panels like they were all the same, off the same it's car? It's have been, yeah, because yeah. that was the biggest meeting of them. Cool. Thanks very much, Steve. Um, check them out on YouTube. Uh, the f- next question then is from Jake underscore slow up. How would you describe the A-team? That's a drunken question from uh, <laughs> our house party. Well, well I, I can describe them because it was a awesome um, big show of my childhood. So the A-team. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. <laughs> These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive a soldier's fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, if you can find them, Maybe you can hire the A-team. Or read a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That came about because Jack's girlfriend is 21. I think it was my post that I done. Well, we discovered that she had never seen or heard of the She didn't know who Mr. T is. That's shameful. Yeah. And we even Googled him and showed her a picture and she was like, no, I've no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) If she doesn't know who Mr. T is, she's too young for you, bro. (laughs) Wow. Right. Uh, I'm getting on no plane. Crazy fool. Uh, next question is from Connor Old. How has Max Verstappen managed to be less likable than Hamilton? So I'm fully with you, Connor. To be uh, to be honest, after that uh, race of Coda, when he done his like winners speech, wasn't much from him. It was a bit dry. Um, he's a good driver, but he's just a wee dick. I I, but I think it's that that's that level and that mindset. Like you, do you remember Schumacher back in the day? Like. He was very cold and very... Yeah. Then you, you also have to remember, too, that those people are speaking what's not their first language. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably a lot of that gets lost in translation. Mm. You imagine the buzz of that, too. Yeah. But yeah, he's like probably... Like reckoning. Hi. You don't have to say, fuck off. How was your race? Good. Good. <laughs> Fine. He, he he leans into that, though. Yeah. Uh, one from Gavin at Blackline. Gavin underscore Blackline. Is it rude to point out to people that their directional wheels are on backwards? No. If anything, it's a public service. Yep. Yeah. Gavin's doing the world a favour. Yeah. Ronan underscore H21. Are you going to be secret Americans and watch the final of NASCAR playoffs on Sunday? No. No. Probably watch the F1. I have never really watched NASCAR much. Richie Brown's big into it. I was working in the bar one night and there was hardly anybody in and I noticed it was on. And I tried to watch it and without sound, I'm sure it's better with sound, but I was just watching people go around the circle. I imagine... I'm sure it's much, much more than that. I imagine when you're there, it's probably incredible. I would like to go to one in real life, but I don't really know if I would watch it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's probably on at stupid o'clock in the morning like the Super Bowl. More likely. Ron then adds, after dealing the Mark II for over a month, I can safely say all dealies need 300 brake horsepower minimum. He's not wrong. Yeah. Well, it does sound pretty good. <laughs> as long as you can afford to fuel them. Um, then we have a load of questions from our friend Dennis. Yes, Dennis had us. Denny. Can you say that? I don't want to mispronounce his name. Because he's changed from FF Metalworks to... What is he, what's his Instagram Dennis name? Dennis Cuffey Machine. Uh, Dennis Lacouf machine. machine. There you go. So he has uh, f- first question is favorite European truck. Yeah, Dennis and I were comparing European trucks to. Now we're talking lorry trucks or trucks as in pickups. Uh, pickups. I right. assume after what we were talking there about. There aren't that many of them, really. No, are well, there? 
I suppose if you count the Japanese stuff, they're not European. Well, true. I would be a big fan of a Toyota pickup. Aye, aye. all spec out. So do I. But if you're gonna go pure European, it's got to be a Caddy. Maybe you means European market because we were talking mm. about like North American market. Um, if that's the case, yeah, it'd probably be a, a Hyus for me or, or Hyus Hilux, not a Gypsy. Yeah. Um, Hilux for me. There's the Amarac, but I'm not fussed on them. Mm. I'd be they're honest a bit with you. Soft. I read meh. Somebody cut the back off a Touareg. If it was solely European Jeeps, what would there be? Or pickups? You have the Amarok. Amarok. Caddy. The Caddy doesn't exist as a pickup anymore. Yeah, well, it did. Oh, it's, well, it's far enough, yeah. Ford's technically American. Yeah. Ranger. That's the Ran- Ford Ranger. And it's technically American. Yeah. American company. You've stumped us, Dennis. Apologies. <laughs> he also goes on, favourite non-alcoholic drink that's not Pepsi Max. Well, I feel like I'm attacked. Well, I hate Pepsi Max, so... Uh, sugar-free rebel sugar-free monster i would say sugar-free monster it's the I, white one isn't it? the white is well, the sugar-free white, one or there's a nice green one i would say ginger ale i do like a ginger ale that's nice is it true that you can make ginger ale by sprite with a dash of coke i have no idea but I know there's that, a tiktok i watched when i went is that true i don't know but i know that you can make really nice ginger ale if you put jack daniels on it all right okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note dennis also asked favorite alcoholic drink I Heatherly beer. used to be a big Jack Daniels man and thanks to Brian O'Neill he's got me on to Maker's Mark a couple of years ago and it is so good. Straight? Uh, well, that or Pepsi Max on it but I could drink that all night no mm. problem and no hangover the next day or anything. It it's another uh, like Tennessee type bourbon. Oh, it's solid. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. Lee? I like wine. All. Prosecco. I like a New Zealand so Nom Blanc would probably be up there. If you're going cocktail... Uh, an amaretto sour. There you go. Next question. I say Dan's a lot of questions. New Wheeler Dealer episodes up, and they're pretty good. He told me that, and uh, Chris Moran told me that. Said that. Yeah. And who's what helping now, Mike? Now. Ooh, it's not Ant. So Ant's gone. Um, it's a guy who was. <laughs> Is it still Mike though? Yes, unfortunately, I, I can't watch it. I just can't. Apparently, now he's toned it down, which is good, and. The cars that they're starting to do again now is more what it used to be years ago. So it's like attainable stuff. So they had, well, probably on the edge of attainable is a 997, 911. But they had like a, I think that a Renault 5 Turbo. The um, Mark Three convertible, that's what Chris had yeah, tagged us in. Uh, Mark Three and a half convertible. Things, I think that an Evo 7. So things that appeal to the common person as opposed to ridiculous weird stuff. But I, I actually would check it out if I can. Dennis also asked, Christmas coming soon, did you mail out your letter to Santa? It's a bit early, isn't it? Uh, Santa so you're, put up you're, the fire. Pushing, you're pushing towards the middle of November, I, I was like always to told. Keep him on his toes. Yeah. No, I got my, my list in the other day there. Um, new saucepans and a hoe. Santa's Santa got a hose. Sorry, excuse Santa. me? <laughs> well, did a garden the, hoe. Did mention the Red Bull girls earlier. Yes. <laughs> uh, next question then comes from Specky McSporin. Uh, his topic is paint protection. Which will leave the market first? Natural wax, polymers, ceramics, or graphene? I would say, like, as we know, I'm certainly no detailer, and I would like don't even like washing my cars. But to me, it'll be ceramics, mainly because, while ceramics are good and do actually work, they're too common now. So it used to be ceramic was like your halo product that certain people had, and it was unattainable. You know, you had really, like, pay the pay that extra for it and now when you have everybody like the common like household name brands like turtle wax and stuff and they've just labeled ceramic on everything 
that'll kind of die out. You know, it'll still be the same technology, but I think they'll drop the ceramic label and go something different. Because do you remember when, oh God, when I started driving, um, everything was like nanotechnology. Your wax had like nano wax and all this here. And it's all like detailing is hype. You know, yes, the guys, like we have a lot of detailers follow us and like we see their stuff all the time and they're putting in ours and doing (laughs) serious work. But the actual products themselves, a lot of it is hype. The big brands you think over the years you had who's big at the minute auto finesse before yeah. that you had clean freaks yeah. before that you had dodo juice yeah they you know, all come around on a yeah like a ro- rotation kind of thing uh, to me it's the guys behind the products doing the work as well you know the products will help but to me it's those guys I think ceramics are here to stay because people are lazy but do you think the the label I think graphene isn't here to stay graphene is the new, big next big thing. But that's getting very mixed reviews in detailer forms. And if it doesn't go down well with detailers, it's It'll dust. Go. Yeah. But ceramics. Do you think the term ceramic will stay? Yeah. I don't, I don't see do why you, not. Do you not think there'll be something behind that are coming after that? No. Well, yeah, the evolution of the thing and all the rest. They'll try something and... else. But that type of product. Oh, um, yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about that. You know that shale product rather than just a wax? Mm-hmm. The, the ceramic is a shale compared to wax, which is just a... Yeah, it's a hard coating. Yeah. No, it, um, there's no doubt that it works. Like the traditional waxes and polishes will stay. It's that form of hard shell will evolve, especially for your daily drivers. Yeah, well, you think about it. There's people there now getting ceramic coatings on cars you wouldn't have thought would have spent money on it years ago because it's so practical. Yeah, like car even yeah. a daily driver. If you if you get a car completely, you know, a good detail, you'd be foolish not to get it ceramic coated because it's just going to go to waste again. Yeah, yeah. You get a couple of washes later, and you've destroyed. Well, depends how well well you wash it and all the rest of it, but no, you're right. Yeah, it's it, it offers that other level of protection. And people are lazy, so I know. <laughs> if you ceramic Correct. coat it, it makes maintenance of the paintwork so much easier. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my opinion. Keep going here. Ian K then has a rattle of questions. Call back to last episode. Have you seen Stephen King's Trucks? It's terrible. No, nope. no. I, I actually watched the trailer for it, and yes, it does look a pure. It layered. looks terrible. Is this a new one? No, no, it's from a novel. It's as early, oh, it's right, as early right. years. I think it's 73 or something like that. Before there. he found his feet in good books. Yeah. Um, Ian also asks, what is Stroke would be your guilty pleasure car? Ooh. I think we talked, we got asked this before. And I think what I said was basically like all the cool Japanese Honda stuff. But it's not really a guilty pleasure as such because they are cool. They're just not cool to us Volkswagen guys. I asked myself this. I love cars. It would have to be a guilty pleasure. I think there's only really one of us has a guilty pleasure. PT Cruiser. And it's the PT Cruiser in the corner yeah, here. I've I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I've proved myself wrong there. Yeah. I think for me, <laughs> some of like the older, like even like the Cleos and things they got, like the Cleo, like the Reynolds Sport Cleos, but they're still cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's cool it's hard in, some, to know. in some sort of way. It's just different kind of. Um, he also goes on to ask, what does your farts smell like? And that's from Leah, actually. Rough. Can confirm. I've been pretty. Decent the last while. I don't know if I'm getting uh, older or what. After the Austin F1 dad. Might have been rough for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that space out. Uh, Ian also goes on to ask, have you ever run out of petrol? Yes. Yes. Can I have a quick story here? Yeah, I have a story too. Go on ahead. Yes, uh, <laughs> briefly, <laughs> briefly, I used to work in a place called Malone House, which is in Barnes Domain in South Belfast. It's a old manor house in the middle of a country estate. <laughs> I know this one. And... Uh, I was working late to half one one night. I was driving my Polo Coupe AS. And that night I discovered that when your car goes into the red, that means you've got one mile left, if even. Uh, I got into the car, tired, wanting to get home, started to drive out of the... It's an open park. You know, there's a big loop in it. You can drive in and drive out. Uh-huh. Open to the public. It's never closed. 
So I pulled out of the staff car park and started to drive away and got about 200 metres down the road. Chug, chug, chug. But as I was driving along, I realised there's an awful lot of cars in here at half mm-hmm. one in the morning. Weird. I soon realised that I was in, I got told by the security guard that it, it was a, uh, how do you describe this? Dogging hotspot. Dogging hotspot. And, ah. I was get, and when I stopped and got out of my car, a whole lot of cars started flashing their lights <laughs> and cars pulled up beside me. And there was so, a young six foot one stranded piece of meat. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's my experience with that there on Little Petrol and I don't think I've run out since. I ran out, my first car was a, as we all know, a bright yellow body kitted Vauxhall Corsa. So I went to MOT in Newry, got the MOT done, and I was sitting waiting, queuing to go in, and noticed the fuel was quite low, and I was like, ah, it should be okay. In those days when you're young and poor, you run things right to the limit. As I was coming out of the MOT centre, I knew about half a mile, as you come out, turn left, the road drops down into the town, and on the right-hand side, there's a petrol station, so I knew it was down there, and as I was about halfway down the hill... The car just completely died. I was like, oh no. So I was kind of praying in my head. I knew it was like rush hour traffic. I was like, as long as there's a gap and I can get across the road into it, I'll be great. The stars aligned. I come down. There's a gap. Wheeled it across thinking, oh yes, no one's noticed that I've run out of petrol in this bright yellow body kit of Corsa. Rolled up to the petrol pump, looked across and I was at the diesel pump. Oh. And I had to get out and push the car back and push it forward. <laughs> and there was like a whole load of school kids in the usual typical thing. And you're like, oh my God. I ran out of petrol one night. I used to deliver pizza for Domino's Pizza. I think I've told the, about before in the Nova at the big main Tesco's roundabout in Lisburn. So I stopped at the roundabout. Car wouldn't obviously go any further. So put the hazards on waited to be rescued basically so I had phone up to the shop and one of the other drivers was going to come and get me some petrol but as I was waiting you know taxi drivers and stuff were stopping and kind of going you're right love you know and I was like yes I'm grand thank you uh somebody's coming to get me just please go away and leave me alone don't draw attention to the fact that I'm stuck here that was okay a couple of police cars drove past too they never even looked twice at me um then uh in my rearview mirror I spotted three army land rovers coming down behind me and they stopped and one of them hopped out and what seems to be the problem I said look I've just run out of petrol but if somebody coming to get me I'm, I'm grand don't worry uh, no no nothing would do them we'll, we'll get your car out of the way because so, it's sitting here in the middle of this roundabout <laughs> so they made me get out and about four or five six of these big army lads with their guns because they'd obviously been away on some training or something Pulled their Land Rovers across the roundabout, stopped all the traffic, got out and pushed my car over to the side of the road. Now, there was about six of them around it. One of them could have probably lifted up the Nova and carried it away. But yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Embarrassing. It always is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Ian also says, Lee wants to know what Lee has against Bagger Vance. The legend of Bagger Vance. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Enough said. I had to Google what it was. Will Smith and Matt Damon or something? Yeah. The best golf? The racist undertones? Yep. <laughs> okay. Golf? I mean, come on. I might have to check out a highlight reel of that film. Maybe. Don't. <laughs> there are none. This is, <laughs> low light. Yeah. This is Rocco. It's time to put your Christmas trees up. Yeah? Question mark. Rocco has his Christmas tree up. Yeah. Oh dear. We should be banned from listening. Not yet. First Sunday, December, our house rule. End of the sea. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, Foggle underscore O'Reilly 26 Should I start some dub shed prep? Nigel you can answer that The one. answer is always yes Yes Get ready bitch 2025 
Uh, I think is the last one then is from Jack Shanrahan. Yes. He is saying, judging the documentaries only, Senna or Schumacher? Senna hands down. See, you grew up watching the two, so you might be biased where Lee and I didn't. So we are literally off the documentaries. And I'd still probably go Senna, to be honest. I can't remember the Senna one. I That's a while from you watched it. I understand why they done it, but I thought they were very soft in Schumacher. They painted them in a halo type. Okay, yeah. But Senna, the Senna one they did, or they did Senna too. one did too, like, you know. Yeah. I neither they're very much of much of a muchness when it comes down to the very basics of what was happening. Yeah. Egotistical two good documentaries. Enjoy. Yeah. Don't pick a favourite really. No. I can't pick because I can't remember the other one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, re- we'll reverse it. Jack, what's your favourite? <laughs> yes, let us know. Answers on a postcard. Yeah. So cool. so that wraps up our questions as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, folks. Thank you very much. Um, and that wraps up the episode. Yes. As always, thanks for sticking with us. Thank um, you very much. Do us a favour. Like and share the podcast. Tell a friend. Share it on social media. Tag us. Make sure we know as well. Yep. And, and remember, remember, Cars and Coffee, 20th of November. It'd be great to have you along. Yep. Get a chat. Yep. GTNI Rolling Road Day too. 27th. Autotune. Tickets are still available. And I think that's us, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. good. Well, as I say, you can find us on social media collectively at Reload Podcast. I'm at Connor McCann. I'm at Maxwell House 46. And I'm at VW Boy. We'll catch us again, folks. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.